Hello, and welcome to the Free and Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Simon, and here in this show, we are going to tackle some real-life stuff. The struggle is real, my friends, and sometimes we need to take the time to address what's really bothering us. On this podcast, we ask the right questions and learn the right answers, all with the help of the Word of God. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and please don't forget to subscribe to all of our social media content to stay up to date with all the latest episodes. I'm excited to see what God has in store for you. So, without further ado, let's get started. What is up, everyone? And welcome to the Free and Redeem podcast. Wow. It really feels weird saying that, you know, for the first time out of my mouth, like, oh my goodness. And not only welcome to the Free and Redeem podcast, if you're actually listening, welcome to the first episode of the Free and Redeem podcast. Man, I mean, it, it's been a blessing. I mean, I, I, I can't even really put it into words. But uh, man, let's really get started. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Simon, uh, Simon Daniel Andrade, and I'm born and raised here in San Antonio, Texas, and have pretty much lived in San Antonio, Texas my whole life. Definitely not ashamed of that. I'm proud to be a native Texan, and everything about Texas is great, even in San Antonio, but I'm sure if you're listening and you're a Texas native as well, things are great, but once that summer heat comes in, then man, that is we all know that is a different story. But uh, yeah, I've again, I've lived in San Antonio my whole entire life and have, um, you know, I've gone to school here, graduated high school here, very recently just graduated at the University of Texas at San Antonio, UTSA, go Roadrunners. And right now, currently, I am, you know, working for a small company, you know, within business development. So, you know, that's been a really great thing um, so far, especially in this season of my life. But Man, what I really want to get into today is um, I I really want to talk about, you know, before we really get into this episode, I really want to talk about the foundation of the Free and Redeem podcast and where, how we even got here. I mean, because again, um, as I'm saying this, it's something that I did not even think I would ever be doing in my life. I mean, podcast, recording, blogging, uh, there is also the Free and Redeem blog, uh, which I am frequently on posting every Sunday. So if you do like reading article and newsletter posts, please, by all means, don't forget to subscribe to that. But going back to what I was saying, um, how we got here to the Free and Redeem podcast, yeah, like this was not something I really thought I would ever be doing in my life. Um, Not even creating content or doing anything like that. But, you know, um, the purpose of this podcast and the purpose of what we're doing or what I'm doing with this platform, really, I think it's just a reflection of how, you know, just showing and reflecting the goodness of God. So I'm sure, I mean, if you're wondering what the niche of this podcast is, I mean, right off the bat, I'm, I mean, it's pretty obvious the niche of this podcast is Christianity or, you know, Christian faith, religion, however you want to say it. I prefer to call it faith, Christianity. And um, a, a lot of people, you know, especially the few people who I was, uh, open about starting this podcast show with asked like what was the main purpose of this podcast what is it mostly going to be about and that's the main message of this whole entire episode today is 
you know, I really want to talk about, you know, I mean, rather if you're a believer, I mean, this is not just for Christians. I mean, I'm sure if you're a believer, by all means, welcome. If you're not a believer, I mean, no matter what, welcome. This podcast, of course, is for anybody. But one thing I want to talk about is, let's just be honest here, you know, life. Life is tough. (laughs) Life really is... uh, I mean, all of us have to go through life, and life could either be the greatest moments that we could ever experience. Sometimes it could be some of the hardest things that we ever experience. But point is, rather if you're a Christian or not, life can be really tough. And we either, you know, allow life to get us down, or we actually learn from it and grow. And I feel like the main solution of growing in life and growing into maturity and strong character development really just comes by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And let me tell you guys, and this is how exactly how the podcast really started, is really growing my relationship with Christ and really experiencing his goodness. So yeah, that basically, I mean, sums up, you know, just given the short introduction about myself and uh, introduction about the podcast, uh, this is exactly what the whole purpose of this is. Again, I am super excited. I can't even believe I'm actually recording this right now. I mean, it's it's a blessing. But uh, overall, you know, I guess one last thing to really go over. I mean, the whole entire goal of me doing this, um, not even so much make this into a business platform. I mean, eventually there are, I mean, depending on how strong and how much time I really have in my hands, you know, really depending on how, you know, of course, really using this in prayer with the Lord, you know, maybe even one day soon starting a a YouTube channel. However, um, Due to time management, that is not possible yet. But overall, the goal of the Free and Redeemed podcast, I really just want to allow this to become a movement, you know, um, something that really becomes something special, you know, not not even so much for me as a person, but for, you know, me as a, you know, for anyone who listens to this podcast and hopefully one day becoming a ministry and God is just doing some amazing things through that. And I definitely have faith that that is the route God will take this podcast show, depending on how long that happens. Well, you know, that that's that's up to him and not me. also want to apologize if you hear my dog barking. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's probably super hot right now, probably hungry, and uh, definitely will be going to feed her very soon. So I apologize if you hear that noise. But um, what I really want to get into um, about this a- episode is, you know, really understanding, I mean, as I mentioned, you know, what the Free and Redeemed podcast is going to be about, you know, what is something that we all have in common? What is something that everybody has in common, every human being, you know, rather if you're seven years old or 99 years old, you know, no matter what your situation is, rather if you're just going through life, you're just starting out through life, learning, having like the personality of a child, Or you've been through life for so many years, you've been through so many generations, you've watched so many generations grow up, seen so many decades, so many eras, you know, what is something that we all have in common? And the answer to that is everybody has a story. Everybody has a story, you know? I mean, that's such a unique thing to say, but I feel like as human beings, we take that for granted. We don't really know that. Everybody has a story in life. Everybody has a unique story. And I think that is the beauty of being a creation from God, being God's greatest creation, is everybody has a story. You know, when God formed you in your mother's womb, from the moment you were born, God had an intention for you. 
God said, I, this person's going to have an incredible story. No matter what people think of it, no matter how they think of it, they are going to have a story. And the title of this episode today is called Becoming a Voice. And this basically is just going over, you know, quickly going over my testimony from where I was back then to how I even got here now, you know, recording this episode. And that's becoming a voice. If everyone identified or anyone understood that they had a story, you know, rather from all the tough times they've been through and even all the good times, you know, even the good times have an impact on your story as well. You know, I think if we really can identify that we have a story, sometimes God has also given us a voice to tell that story, to be an impact to others, to really use, you know, use your story, use the unique way he created you to be effective, you know, in this life that we are living. And to really start this off, again, you know my full name, Simon Daniel Andrade, born and raised, lived here in San Antonio my whole life. One unique thing about me (laughs) that some people have a reaction to, to this, some people don't, but I was born on December 25th of 1991. And some of my friends who may be listening to this may not actually know this, but I was actually a miracle baby. Um, my mom was having contractions with me, you know, back, you know, and Christmas Eve, really late on Christmas Eve that night. So, you know, my dad and, you know, my family, they took her out, um, took her to the hospital, doctors checked her out. And before I knew it, I was on the brink of being born, but something was very off uh, during my birth process. You know, when my mother had me, long story short, um, I didn't come out the way a baby normally comes out. You know, I did not cry and my heartbeat was very low because I did, I, you know, I don't want to go into too much detail of what the birth complications were. But point is, um, the doctors had to take me in to do tests. They were very concerned. And I think in so many words that they, I remember them telling my dad that, you know, my life definitely was on the line. There were some chances. And what's very funny about me telling the story, how I know this, uh, my grandparents actually recorded this on their camcorder because, uh, well, if you were around in the late 80s, early 90s, everything was just recorded through a simple camcorder. And I just remember my parents were very worried. They were very scared. But you know what? Thanks to the prayers, I mean, I survived and here I am today <laughs> doing what I'm doing. And um, yeah, like uh, I definitely was a miracle baby. And growing up, I mean, I was raised in a Christian home. I mean, let's get that out of the way. I was raised going to church. My relatives have really been on fire for God for so many years. Uh, one of my uncles is, is a pastor of a church that I am currently attending and uh, a part of. And, uh, you know, growing up, I basically lived, a, you know, a normal childhood life. You know, uh, I can't say I did have a good childhood, um, I, but I cannot say my childhood was perfect. My childhood was pretty tough growing up. Uh, certain things, you know, I remember occurred, you know, when I, when I was a child. And I won't go into too much detail for this episode today. I really want to kind of like allow that to progress over time as we go through each episode in each season. So <laughs> my life is not too much of an open book today. But um, yeah, so growing up, I mean, um, in San Antonio, everything was great. But as time really went on, growing up in a Christian home, you know what, let me tell you, that wasn't enough for me. That wasn't enough for my salvation. That wasn't enough for my accountability. That was not enough for 
getting to know Jesus Christ. And I felt like as I was growing older, I didn't really grow up knowing Jesus Christ, you know, from the time I was a young kid in elementary school to the time, you know, I was in middle school. One thing, and I really want to get this out of the way, you know, for this testimony, because I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. You know, when I was in middle school, um, one thing I did face a lot was I was bullied. Um, when I was, uh, I believe I was, I think I was 13 at the time, I was diagnosed with ADD, attention disorder, and I had to take medication for it. And that medication definitely <laughs> did have some strong side effects. But uh, some people noticed me acting different because of that medication and my ADD. So people, some kids, and I'm sure all of us have faced this in middle school, some kids were not afraid to express how different I really was. But one thing, looking back on my childhood, looking back when I was younger, one insecurity I think that was just so heavy and so strong on me was wanting to fit in and wanting to feel accepted. And, you know, in middle school, I really did not get that treatment. So one of the ways I felt like I needed to get accepted was to be a part of an athletic squad. So, I mean, I was a tall kid uh, in middle school, and I was able to be a part of the basketball team. And, um, you know, I made the basketball squad, made some good friends in the basketball squad. But, you know, that still was not enough for what I was looking for. And, you know, once I got to high school, you know, I still carried on. But one thing I also want to mention is athletics was a way I kind of got away from that insecurity, how I got away of wanting to fit in. It was like something I was personally accomplishing on my own. But once I got to high school, I did not really carry that passion as high as I thought I was, you know. And when I got to high school, I did make the first round of the tryouts for the freshman squad. But I still was eager for acceptance. I was still eager from not wanting to get bullied, not wanting to get rejected, not wanting to you know, face things that I feel like a lot of people, even to this day, you know, who are in high school, who are in middle school are facing, you know, and, um, yeah. So my grades started going downhill right off the bat. And I remember going to the second round of the tryouts. I mean, cause the first round of the tryouts was in the summer. Second round was in there. I got cut from the freshman squad. I didn't make the second tryout. So overall I didn't make the team. And I remember looking back at that time, I was so discouraged. I was so upset and it really weighed heavy on me, but at the same time, I was still determined to do something in high school and make something of myself in high school. It's so funny because I look back and I remember the coach who, uh, well, God rest his soul, he's no longer with us, um, told me, you know what? You still have a second chance. Come back in midseason. You can retry out. You could get involved. You practice. You'll be in. I mean, so many in so many words, I was in a Michael Jordan situation. You know, practice, really work hard, put your effort into this, and maybe you'll get a second chance. I did not do that. I w look back and I wish I did, but I did not. I um, I started hanging around with the wrong crowd in my freshman year in high school. I was around people who I was considering the so-called popular crowd. And these were kids who were not afraid to live rebellious, who were not afraid to skip classes. And right away when I was 16 years old, I mean, of course, I was introduced to weed. And I remember smoking and instantly, man, I got <laughs> I got hooked in it. But I, I look back on that time, and it's just like right away, I was doing this because I wanted to feel accepted. I started changing the way I dress, started changing the way I act, changed my slang, and did all this silly stuff or stupid, you know, silly stuff that I look back. I'm like, man, why did I do that? But it it's just it was so simple because I wanted to fit in. And the more I was pushing to fit in, the worse it got. Uh, 
a lot worse that it got. Um, I put myself in situations that I did not expect to be put in. And that resulted in me getting into a lot of fights in school, uh, getting in, involved in a lot of drama that I look back and I'm like, man, I didn't need to get involved in that. And when I talk about going through some strong, uh, tough, really traumatic bully stages, I remember I got jumped in high school. My, you know, towards the end of my freshman year, it was recorded on a phone. And before I knew it, I was famous in high school, but in a very bad way. A lot of people somehow were able to get access to that video. And when I would walk down the hallway, I started getting harassed. Like, hey, you're that guy who I saw you on video the other day. Yeah, you're that guy who got his, you know, his his butt whooped, everything. And let me tell you, that traumatic experience, it stayed with me for a long time, a really long time. And I remember that summer after freshman year, I was furious. I was so angry. And I wanted to show people that I... I can fight back. I'm not backing down. And I became worse, a lot worse. And I was not just that young rebellious kid trying to fit in. I did anything, even if that resulted in me getting in a lot of trouble, because I wanted to show people that I wasn't who I was approached as or who I was assumed to be. You know, the, hey, you're this person, you're that person. And I was constantly getting into fights. I was skipping school. I was getting in trouble with teachers and I was having a really hard time here at home. I wasn't getting along with my parents. Definitely was not getting, I did not have a good relationship with my father at the time. And before I knew it, I, I mean, high school was just becoming this thing like where it was just not even a good experience. It was like, man, just show up, go home. That's it. That's all it really was to me. And I, got even worse and worse. When I say worse, I do mean worse. Um, I started hanging around people who weren't even going to my high school. And I felt like the only way I was finding acceptance was hanging around with a rebellious crowd. And that even involved gang affiliation, people that were not just smoking weed, but actually out in the streets and who wanted to, you know, go further than being rebellious and everything. So um, the more I got involved in that, the more I was really just pushing myself down. And um, this is where, I mean, the purpose of me telling you about my high school story in my teenage years is to really show like how real God can really be. So fast forwarding to summer 2010, at the time I was in a relationship with someone or I was dating somebody and she was being harassed by somebody who was involved in a gang out in the streets in San Antonio and I'll never forget this time, and I really hope this story can really impact you. But, um, you know, this guy was harassing her. I was very upset. You know, I, I reached out to this person, and before I knew it, I, <laughs> me just simply trying to defend my girlfriend turned into so many guys blowing up my phone, harassing me, wanting to pick up a fight. And I'll never forget, I was at a house party. It was a late Saturday night drunk out of my mind and I was sending these guys, these guys who I had beef or drama with or whatever you want to say, sending them messages like, man, F y'all, this, that, you know, so much vulgar stuff that I was saying, threatening them. And when one of the guys called me, I'll never forget, he told me on the phone, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to find out who you are or I'm going to find out. When we, when I find out, yeah, I'm going to kill everyone that you ever care about. And then I'm going to kill you. 
And <laughs> looking back, I remember that actually really did scare me, but I definitely was not showing it on the phone. I was like, F you, you know, do you know, do it. I don't care, you know, all this stuff and just but I look back and I remember actually feeling scared, not so much because my life was on the line, but because people who I actually really cared about at the time, their life was on the line. And I remember, you know, like, as I said, I was at a party. I was super drunk. I was wasted. I mean, that was something, too. You know, I was I, I was 18 years old at the time, about to be 19. And I remember just being super drunk, you know, turning to alcohol, turning to drugs anytime I was stressed out and going through some tough stuff. But I remember thinking, as I was mentioning earlier, some people in my family were Christians. Some people in my family were going to church and were believing in, you know, salvation and Christ and all that stuff. But I remember wondering when I would go to the church sometimes, like, man, do they even believe if God is real? <laughs> do they even believe what they're preaching? How do they even know that a man, you know, who died on a cross with, you know, how do they even know that guy was even real? You know, I mean, thoughts like that used to cross my mind all the time around you know, when I was that age and when I was 18. But I actually remember the first thing that was coming to my mind when I was feeling that fear was turning to God. And I remember looking up, it was super late at night. It was like around 12 midnight. And I remember looking up at the sky, it was super dark. And I said, God, if you're real, please protect everyone in my family, protect all my friends, anyone who's involved, you know, they don't deserve it, but I do. I deserve to die. That's it. And <laughs> I just left it at that. And some people may ask, like, well, how do you know how real God is, everything? Well, this is the biggest part of my story, and I really hope this really helps. If you are skeptical, I really hope this helps. But a few weeks later, um, after the drama kind of clears up, I mean, it turns out I don't know who those guys were to this day. I don't even know how they look like. It was just your typical internet dramas, you know, bullying, everything like that. But fast forward maybe a month late in that summer, I meet up with my girlfriend. And if you're a San Antonio native, you may know what I'm talking about. But um, meet up with my girlfriend and we're at the mall. And I just remember, you know, while I'm at the mall, you know, she we, we're there, we're shopping. And then she, she leaves early, says, hey, you know, um, I got to go. So... You know, when she leaves, um, I decide to walk, you know, I still shop there a bit. I decide to walk and leave through a JCPenney's. And as I'm walking towards the entrance, this random guy, and I'll never forget how he looks like. I mean, it, it's so, so incredible telling the story again. But, you know, he was wearing, you know, some long basketball shorts, a tan tall tee. For those of you who, <laughs> that was the fad back then in the late 2000s. And he says, excuse me, and I need to talk to you can I talk to you? Wait, 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 excuse me, brother. And look at him and I give this reaction. I'm like, what, what's up? And then he just says, uh, I got a question for you. He goes, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And I just look at him like, what the heck? You know what? What? And I said, well, sure. I said, yeah, I, I guess, I guess so. And he goes, man, he goes, God has been so good in my life. I, I, you know, and then he starts talking to me, you know, saying, you know, who he used to be, everything. And, all that stuff and kind of gives a short testimony to me. But what really struck me was, you know, it's like I I look right at him. He looks back at me and he says something that I did not expect him to say. 
<laughs> and he said, or he looks at me and he says, I just want to sit back and tell you, Jesus is confirming to you that he is real and he sees you and he loves you. And I'm like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Like, you know, I didn't know how to respond to that. I was like kind of like blown away from that. And I just said, okay. And he goes, no. He said, you've been praying, wondering if God is real. Well, I'm here to tell you he is real and he knows exactly who you are. And, you know, we talk a little bit more. I can't fully remember the conversation, but he looks at me and says, can I pray with you, brother? And I said, sure. So, I, you know, I allowed him to pray over me. After he prays over me, I look right back at him and I say, but how can you know that God is real? How can you know that Jesus is real? In so many words, it's like I was almost an atheist. How can you really know that this Jesus that you're talking to me about, how can you really determine that he is real? And instead of giving me like an explanation, he just gives a short answer and he says, I believe Jesus one day will show that to you. And he says, well, you know, I said, nice meeting you, yada, yada. So he turns around, goes the opposite direction. I'm heading towards the JC Pennies. And I wish I had a strong explanation for this, but this is where the story really gets a little strange. I walk into JC Pennies, past the, the front uh, register is, and then the thought occurs to me, what was that guy's name? That I, I realized I didn't even ask for his name wait, maybe I should get his number. I turn around, walk back into the mall, and he dis- he's gone. Poof. Out of nowhere, he disappears. He's like no longer in sight. And I'm wondering, what the heck? You know, I, I walk around. And I'm like, okay, maybe he went into another store. But what's really weird is it's just like I turned around, probably only went a few feet into the JCPenney store, and within a matter of 25 to maybe even 30 seconds, I thought that's when the thought occurred to me. I turned around. He was no longer there. So I thought maybe he's in a different store. Maybe he went into a Hollister. Maybe he went somewhere else. I walk around the nearest stores. He, he's gone. I look at the nearest exit. He's not there either. And before I knew it, I was like actually obsessed of finding out who that guy was, wondering where is this person? Where did he go? You know, and then I walk around everything. It got so bad. I mean, I actually approached someone working at the JCPenney's who was there folding clothes. I said, excuse me, did you see me talking to someone? It was right at the entrance here at this JCPenney's. And then, of course, they gave me the answer I expected. Like, no, sorry, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. I walked around the parking lot, and before I knew it, like, I was like, man, who is this guy, you know? Who was that guy? And how did he know about that situation? You know, all that stuff. Well... To this day, you know, sometimes, you know, when I tell the story to certain people, the first explanation they give is, well, man, that could have been an angel or that could have been God himself. Point is, whoever that was, rather if that was maybe an actual angel, you know, or if that was an actual real human being, you know, the guy was a real guy, you know, whatever theory that we may throw up, the purpose of me telling that story is to show God is real. Fast forward to the summer, close to the summer, not even summer, the spring of 2011, it was my senior year in high school. I was trying to stay out of trouble. I'll never forget. I tried even going to church more, everything. But, you know, it still wasn't clicking right away. Before I knew it, I, if he ever listens to this podcast, really wanted to know that his ministry is doing a fantastic job. I heard of the testimony of 23 Minutes in Hell by Bill Weiss. Uh, really a fantastic testimony for those of you who haven't heard it. I really encourage you to check it out. But... 
a gentleman by the name of Bill Weiss. He had a testimony on YouTube. A lot of friends were telling me about it. I listened to it, and the whole purpose of the testimony is, you know, he gives a testimony about his out-of-body experience, you know, going into the afterlife, experiencing hell, and going into detail, not just like within his testimony, but even through scripture of what he experienced there. And I just remember that was the first time the fear of God really came over my life. But what really got me at the end of the testimony was not so much like, hey, you know, like hell is a terrible place. I don't want to go there. You know, it was identifying how much Jesus really truly loves us. And I remember it was at that moment when I was hearing that testimony. Life is full of twists and turns, moments of growth, and moments where we feel like taking a few steps back. It's important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all the struggles that life can bring. That is where I could recommend Faithful Counseling, our sponsor for this episode. Faithful Counseling is an online platform that allows you to connect with a licensed professional therapist who is also a practicing Christian. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online from the comfort of your own home. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. Also scheduling weekly video calls or phone sessions so you don't even really have to turn on your camera. Faithful Counseling is committed to taking great therapeutic matches, giving you the option to change as many counselors as you want until you find the right fit for you. It's even more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is also available, guys. We all need to talk to someone, and Faithful Counseling can help. Sign up today and get connected with a Christian counselor within 24 hours. And if you sign up using my promo code, listeners will get 10% off their first month. Just go to the website, faithfulcounseling.com forward slash free and redeemed. I'll also have it listed in the description with additional information. So what are you waiting for? Make that change today and find the healing journey that you so desperately deserve. Again, it's faithfulcounseling.com forward slash free and redeemed. Okay, guys, back to the episode. Whoever that gentleman was at the mall, it became real to me when he said, Jesus will have a way of showing how real he is. And instantly, I remember getting on my knees and saying, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. And immediately, boom, like salvation started. That was summer of 2011. Let me tell you, I wish I can tell you that my (laughs) Christian walk ever since then was easy. But it was not. It definitely was not. It was definitely a challenge. It was something that I did not. It's been so many bumps on the road, ups and downs, moments of me feeling on fire for Christ. You know, of course, I got baptized. I was attending probably every worship service, everything like that. And let me tell you, it was definitely a challenge. It was not easy. Fast forward to now. Now, we rewind a bit to 2020. Worst year of my life. (laughs) <laughs> I did not expect 2020 to be the year that it was that it was and I'm sure if you are listening <laughs> I'm sure everybody can raise their hand and say yes no absolutely 2020 was not a good year it did not start off good it was not a good year but I thank God for that year because I feel like if I didn't go through the things I went through in 2020 I would have I don't think I would be here right now, but in the beginning of 2020, uh, cutting to the chase, you know, 
my grandmother, who was 95 years old, um, she was diagnosed with cancer, was not able to get chemotherapy. She ended up passing away. And uh, she was, I mean, beautiful thing about that maybe is uh, she was ready to go. You know, my grandfather passed away, you know, four years before. But just seeing how the cancer took her uh, was definitely not a pleasant sight to be in. And this is where the battle really starts. Um, you know, some people may say, oh, well, you went through one loss. I know a lot of people went through many losses. You know, I'll get to that in a minute in this episode. But um, my other grandmother, uh, who was my mother's, my mom's mom, she was not in a good place either. Uh, she was actually dealing with cancer, but was also dealing with a strong heart issue. So after I was mourning the loss of my my dad's mom, my other grandmother, we'll just call her Grandma Fina, um, my other grandmother was on the brink of passing too, and I did not expect that. So within a matter of two weeks, I actually lost uh, both of my grandmothers. And I look back and I could say I was really challenging God at that time. Like, God, why are my loved ones passing so suddenly? Or not suddenly, but in a short amount of time. I'm not ready for this. Everything. On top of that, and I'm sure this is a struggle for everybody, but COVID-19 came into this world. (laughs) And so not only did I have to mourn the loss of my grandmother, um, I had to mourn the loss, or I had to mourn the loss, you know, in you know, in quarantine, which I'm sure we all had to do. I wish I can tell you that was the end of the story of 2020, and it was not even close. Not even close. Not even a half inch close. Um, Life went on. COVID was still in this world. And um, yeah, I started really feeling a strong depression and really started settling for some things that I felt like, and it goes back to an insecurity I felt like I've carried even since my childhood, wanting acceptance from something to feel fulfilled. So I, you know, got involved with something, you know, that I shouldn't have gotten involved with. It related to, uh, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't even say like a relationship, dating relationship, more or less a situationship. And it really resulted in, all it did was resulted in rejection and heartbreak. And I felt like that was kind of just adding fuel to the fire from what I was already feeling at that moment. So I became super depressed that whole entire year, even going into the summer. Just very frustrated too, because probably the only great thing that happened in 2020 was I graduated college, I finished it, but I was not able to find a job. I was not able to walk the stage. I was not able to do the things, and I'm sure... This is so relatable. Like, I was not able to do the things that I'm sure a lot of people got wanted to do because of COVID. And that depression just got worse. I was not only dealing with depression, I was dealing with heartbreak. I was dealing with so much stuff that was just going in my mind. And my mental health was just dropping rapidly to where I was just frustrated. And I was really allowing hurt and pain and bitterness to really grow into my heart. Fast forward to early April, my grandfather, who was my mom's, my mom's father, um, you know, he, uh, he had Alzheimer's disease and he was, I would say, uh, Alzheimer's home, uh, being taken care of. 
And the sad news is, is um, a month after my grandmother passed away, they were given the news that my grandfather's health was going downhill and was no longer active. Before I knew it, I was saying goodbye to my grandfather on a Zoom call from a nurse. And uh, I just remember feeling so frustrated. And the first thing, the only question that was on my mind is, God, where are you? God, where are you? And I first, I don't feel like I was getting an answer from him right away. And um, yeah, I just continued to go about my life. And I would have to say it was probably late in the fall of 2020 where my depression was just getting worse and worse and worse to I was not sleeping well. I was not sleeping almost at all. I didn't have a job. I, I wasn't working. I had no, I, my income was not really growing or I didn't have the income I wanted. I was, yeah, just becoming depressed. I stopped going to the gym and <laughs> I remember being at a young adult group and just being on my knees, you know, and no one really knew how depressed I really was, but I remember thinking to myself, God, I need you. You know, just remember saying that by myself out in the parking lot of uh, of the church. God, I need you. Take me somewhere. Take me on an adventure. I need you. I so badly need you. Fast forward a week later, my parents get COVID. <laughs> and uh, I have to go through quarantine again. And luckily, thank God, you know, my parents did not get a severe case of COVID. Um, praise God for that. But, you know, um, my depression got so much worse. But I'll never forget it. Um, it was probably about a week after of being in quarantine. I remember finally, you know, getting the few amount of sleep that I got around the time. I remember that same night I drove. I was driving by myself. I should have been in quarantine, but I just said, I just need to get out of the house. So <laughs> I got in the car, boom, just drove, didn't talk to anyone. And I just remember screaming at the top of my lungs out of frustration and anger because I just, I did not want to carry this burden anymore. And I just remember the only thing I felt at the moment was the presence of God and how much he really truly cared for me and how frustrated I was with people. So, um, that same night when I said, I was just, you know, saying, God, why did you allow all this to happen to me? I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. And there was even a point where I was like, should I even be alive anymore? Like, that's how strong depression can really get with someone is, you know, a precious life they may not realize they even have. It's like it's worth just throwing away, you know, a precious gift from someone who really cares for you. That same night, I remember having a dream. And... um I, I went to sleep and in the dream, I just remember being on the ground and, um, you know, when I was on the ground beaten up, I remember hearing, you know, just seeing myself bruised up and so many people were surrounded by me and I was trying to get in the dream. I was trying to get people to help me and I was like, guys, I need help everything. And no one was really noticing. And then I don't know where finally one person who was a really good friend of mine in the dream she walks up to me and she says, Simon, come on, you have to get up. You have to get up. God is coming. God is, or Jesus is coming. He's going to help you. He's going to save you. And as she's helping me up, um, I look straight ahead and right, out, right off the bat, I see like a table, a white table from the distance. 
And on that table, I see someone setting it. And it's like, I, I can recognize who he is. Like he's wearing a white robe. He had long hair. And um, sorry, I, I don't mean to get him a little emotional, but immediately I shouted his name. I said, Jesus, Jesus, loud enough to where everyone in my dream could hear me. And everyone like noticed they were like, Jesus, where? I said, he's here. He's returned. He's come back. He's here. And no one in the dream could see him. They're like, where? And um, I just said, he's there. He's there. He's there. And then as I'm shouting his name, I just, he turns around, looks right at me, but I could not make out his face too well. And I just, as I'm waking up and, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, when you're waking up from a dream, I'm waking up and I just hear an audible whisper, real, real soft. It was like, get ready. Like, just get ready like that. And I woke up. Funny thing is that same day, that friend in the dream who picked me up, calls me up and says, Simon, hey, yeah, like, I understand you were going through something. I I wanted to invite you to go to this counseling thing. You know, uh, it would be it would be so amazing. Um, And she gives me the contact information. I call. And then it was like at that moment, that was where I felt like Jesus was there. And he was saying, make that decision. Make that decision. I'm here. Come follow me. Come follow me. And what's very weird is I had to make that decision. It was a tough decision to make. But I had to separate and maybe even cut off some people who I maybe did not really want to cut off at the moment. But it was a decision I had to make. And that simple decision, what Jesus, I feel like Jesus did with all of his disciples, drop everything and come follow me. And I pursued Jesus. I've never pursued him as much as I did at that moment. And with that, let me tell you, my friends, it was not easy. I still was struggling with depression last year in 2021. But it was a time of growth. I connected with so many amazing people in my life. And I built a strong social circle. If you're listening to this podcast and you know what my story was, you know who you are. I want to say God has been great putting you in my life. But time grew. I went to counseling and signed up, met the current therapist I am currently seeing right now. And God has been amazing. But what you may ask the question, like, why? Well, what made you want to start a podcast? What made you want to start a platform? Well, I'll never forget. It was, um, I was listening to a podcast. I was at the gym listening to Pure Sex Radio. And I remember listening to this guy tell his testimony of how he was dealing with depression. You know, he was facing so many tragedies and I was able to relate to him so well. And, you know, uh, really amazing man of God. But he talked about how God really challenged him to take a step of faith and understood that maybe all those tragedies he went through were meant to be for the victories that he was going to live in his lifetime. And instantly when I heard that, I was thinking, that is so awesome. That is so great. But then I remember right off the bat, boom, like I felt a strong sense or a strong presence. I knew it was the Lord. And he said, I want you to start a platform. <laughs> and right away, right away, I was like, what? No, like, why would I start a platform? And right away, I brushed it off. But the further I got into it, the more I was able to really see, like, wow, like, God, you really want to use me? And the more I have shared this testimony to certain people, going to men's discipleship groups, men's retreats, men's encounters, 
I've realized that maybe my story was worth telling. That me feeling like I wasn't good enough, maybe that my story definitely was good enough for someone to listen to and hear through God's goodness. And um, yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, like that is something that I can say is it's so amazing. Now, continuing on from what I'm saying, um, I really want to stress with you. I mean, if I have one verse to give to you, I want to really give you Exodus 3 verses 4 through 14. Um, if you know what the book of Exodus is about, it's the story of Moses. And for those of you who may not know the story of Moses, I'm sure all of us do. Moses started off as someone who was, who was supposed to be killed right when he was born. You know, he was supposed to be killed by Pharaoh and God kept him alive. God knew he was worth something. And even though he made a bad mistake, I mean, he of course lived as an Egyptian ruler, made that terrible mistake goes and exiles himself fast forwarding you know to exodus 3 when he has that strong encounter with god and god says i am calling you to be the leader of my people who are in slavery and the first response he gives is like you want me to do it why do you want me to do it and that leads me to three quick points i really just want to give you number one god sees you god sees you if you're listening to this podcast maybe you're going through a difficult time right now financially in your marriage everything god sees you God sees you and he loves you so much. You are one encounter away from experiencing his greatness. And that was the exact point for Moses. Moses was living a normal everyday life, you know, taking care of camels. You know, he got married. He was raising a son, everything. God still saw him for what he was supposed to do. And sometimes maybe that's us. We go every single day, going to our nine to five job, paying our bills, living normal lives like Moses and still living in depression, living with almost no identity at all, but God still sees us. Number two, God has a plan for you. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I'm sure that is like an easy verse for anyone to remember. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, plans in not to harm you, and plans to give you hope in, future, in a future. I think what I'm simply trying to say is, If you know God has a plan for you, take action. It's time to take action. It's time to do something amazing. Start that business. Start that church ministry. If you're part of a campus ministry, by all means, my friends, God wants to use you because you have a great story. And number three, God is with you. One thing that Moses says is, what a Pharaoh and, you know, the Hebrews don't listen to me. And right away, the first response God gives to him is, I will be with you. And it it even reminds me of, you know, the one who has a similar story is King David. King David was supposed to just be a shepherd, according to his family. But God saw him. God had a plan for him saying, I want that man to be a king over ruler one day, that young boy. People laughed at him. And what does he do? He kills Goliath because he knows God was with him. We were created to get past any obstacle And we don't have to fear if we know God is with us because failure, let me tell you, failure is only part of the journey and it is not the end of your journey. So really glad I got that out of my chest, but that is basically the first episode I really want to, first of all, I want to say thank you if you're listening. God has been good. Um, Stay up to date. I, I really appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, that basically concludes my testimony. Thank y'all so much. 
and I hope you all have a wonderful week. And I look forward to posting further episodes. But also one thing to conclude is um, season. this is season one. Season one is all about recovery, growing into what we are called to become. And that's what the first episode is about, is becoming a voice and becoming part of your story, becoming the voice of your story. But I thank you all so much. And I really just want to um, pray us out before we end. And it's Father God, I want to say thank you so much for giving me this opportunity, and I pray for anyone who is listening who is going through something very hard in their life. I pray that you give them that clarity that they have a story, they have a testimony, and they know what they are called to do. In Jesus' name, amen.